And I'll be honest, the orange helmet, sort of growing on me. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of a nice look. All these other teams, and I'm talking about you, New York Jets and the Eagles, for no reason. You incorporate black into your uniforms, and it doesn't fit. Like the Lions tried this a number of, a number of years ago during the Joey Harrington era. I don't like it. Okay, Carolina, your color scheme involves black. You can do it. Tampa Bay could do it if they wanted to, but they're going creamsicle, which is amazing. The Bears, orange is part of the color scheme. Why not rock an orange helmet? Now, I will follow the, the thoughts of our friend Wolf, Brandon Wolf, who, who had a great idea. Like, we should have the logo. Like, at some point, you know the logo that Bayless Jones was attempting to draw? Like, that should be on the helmet. Like, we don't need to see. We don't need to do the C on everything. But, like, have the bear. Like, it's a work in progress, okay? And if you're going to be one of these old men, like I was watching ESPN PTI and uh, who is it, Craig Wilbon or whoever that is, he's like, I don't like these. I don't like these newfangled uniform. Like, you guys, like, it's for the kids. The kids love it. They love Color Rush. They love all this stuff. It's a great look. But listen, there's so much to get to. We don't need to be, we don't need to be concerning ourselves with uniforms. This would have been good like three weeks ago when we had nothing to talk about. We have so much to talk about. So, Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. With Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. And it's time for Take It to the Rank. And a huge show is planned for tonight. I am so excited. And I feel great this week. And by the way, I, I let you all down last week. Number one, I was, uh, I was, I had COVID. I had COVID. I'd still probably have it. I had COVID. I was battling a fever. Like I didn't, I forgot that we switched to a four, three. There's a lot of mistakes being made. Uh, the biggest one though, is not giving the deference and respect to our new co-host to the take it to the rank show on Tuesday night. She is going to be a regular feature. She is the managing editor of the draft network and a former employee of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're, we're putting in the rear view mirror. So let's bring her on. Let's bring in Carmen Vitale. Carmen, I let you down so bad last no. week. We're so thrilled to have you. This is a but, huge get. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling wonderful, and I am also free of the vacation fog I was under uh, and the moving <laughs> fog and everything else. I think you and I both were just like just in a lot of flux last week. So we're, we're starting over, and it's going to yes. be great. And I am so unbelievably excited to be here and to talk Bears, even though the Bucks really won't. They're like the X that won't go away. Right. Not that I will. I mean, I, I still love them. Don't get me wrong. But literally, they dominate the headlines day in and day out. So thank God They're it was an amicable split. <laughs> They're, they're trying to woo you. And I will say this, and this is this is the God's honest truth. I've always loved Tom Brady, like going back to when he first took over for the New England Patriots. I remember the first Super Kids don't understand this. I was rooting for the Patriots in their first Super Bowl, the win over the St. Louis Football Club. Like I wanted that to happen. I was trying to manifest that to happen. I don't know if I can say this because I, I was an NFL employee, so I don't want I don't want to say where I watched the game or what I was doing and what kind of interest I had in it. But uh, yeah. I but I will just say this. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Tom Brady, and he doesn't offend me. Like his him being in Tampa Bay and being good now, it's like oh, we're not good enough for it to really matter yet. So it's like, yeah, next year, if he's still around, I, I can't I can't make these promises, Carmen. But for right now, he's fine. And he's stealing Julio Jones away from Aaron Rodgers. So it's the best of both worlds. It really is. I was like, I, I don't even remember the name of the guy that the Packers signed, but I know I quote tweeted it like, meanwhile in green Bay. And then oh. you see Sammy Watkins starting on the pup list. And you're just like, <laughs> God, it is such a dumpster fire up there as far as the receiving room goes. But I mean, I'm not mad about it. I don't think any Bears fan is. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to laugh at injuries. Uh, although it is, I mean, there's certain players like Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, like we kind of like, you just know, like I wish them nothing but health and goodwill. Yes. And I, I, I really like these individuals because they're nice people, but there's also like, okay, this has been a problem. Like your best ability is your availability. availability. And there's, and listen, there, there's so much to get into with the, like, we can make fun of the Packers. I want to, I really kind of want to dive into that, but there have been so many exciting things that have been happening with the Bears 
Where do you want to I, start? I don't know. Well, I do know that last night, I will tell you this. Okay, now I'm on the West Coast, so this gives me an advantage. And forgive me if I if I have the wrong person, but I think it was Dan Weeder who broke this last night about Jaquan Brisker was signing. And I was getting ready to go to bed, and I saw this, and I'm like, oh, I already feel great. Like, I'm going to bed. How big is it? Like, I, I think that's a thing. Like, we don't see rookie holdouts anymore, but I think that of everything that's going on right now, low key, I think getting Brisker in to start camp, I think that was the best possible situation or the best possible outcome. Yeah, I had to, I woke up to that. So I was still, you know, nervous about it, maybe a little bit going to sleep last night. But no, it's great. And honestly, it's interesting because of all the stuff that I saw kind of come out on Twitter today, it sounded like the Bears kind of tried to, you know, him and Kyler Gordon were not drafted that far apart. And I guess they tried to kind of sneak in some less guaranteed money for Jaquan mm -hmm. with, with Kyler. And, and Jaquan got wind of that. It was like, absolutely not. And then also across the league, you see all these other guys. I mean, the Bucks did it with Logan Hall, who was the top pick of the second round, and they yeah. gave him a fully guaranteed four-year contract. And, like, you're starting to see that now, like, trickle down into second-round picks. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm always going to be on the side of the player when it comes to guarantees because of the 100%. game that these guys play. So, like, get your money, King. Like, I, I love it. And and it was the holdout that really never was because he's on time. He is starting camp with everybody else. Uh, and he's got a freshly inked four-year deal. So we're happy for him. We love that for him. And everything that we talked about during the offseason, you know, there are still people questioning Ryan Poles, whether he knew what he was doing or anything like that. If you started off with one of your rookies, a second round draft pick holding out, I think that would have been a bad sign. I think that would have been tough to kind of try to spin that into a positive direction. I do think that, you know, he I think he did probably make a mistake. I'm with you. I'm always on the side of labor. I think he listen, don't don't do that to our guys like. Give them the four, give them the give them the guaranteed money. These second year, these second round players, we have a lot of confidence. You're not, although Ryan Pace was good in the second. Well, no, because he drafted Adam Shaheen. I'm talking about this out loud, but it's like I think it's a good precedent to start. <laughs> you can talk happy. yourself out of anything with Pace, quite right? Honest. But I think, but I think with Ryan Poles, I go already without even going into the other things that we're going to obviously launch into. I think that's a great like okay maturity. He's got it. He's not a my way or the highway kind of guy. He went up. He hugged them. He yep. hugged them. I think it was good. And I mean, it's all business, right? I mean, I don't think that there is any personal or you shouldn't take this kind of stuff personal. And I think these guys realize what they're getting into. And so it's like, yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth and whatever. But yeah, at the end of the day, you still this is your second round pick. You wanted this guy on your team. So yeah. you're, there's no Ill, Ill will or ill feelings there. And, and you have to, especially being a former player himself, Ryan Poles has to understand like, yeah, this guy's going to try and get the money that he deserves. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he did. And I am, we listen, the, the work that Ryan Poles has done in the last 24 hours. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause that's not even the biggest, like you talk about crisis averted. There yeah. was another crisis averted because everybody has been panning the offensive line that they're garbage that Ryan Poles has been setting up Justin Fields to fail that everything, you know, like, Oh, he's not even going to, you go, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't want him to succeed so they can get rid of him. Well, they go out and they sign Michael Schofield, which by the way, can we, Sammy, can we pull up my tweet? Uh, Cause this has been by, by, I I finally broke down yesterday and I'm like, can somebody just finally make the connection between Michael Schofield, the character from Prison Break, who broke out of Fox River, which is based on the famed Juliet Prison, uh, which is near Fox River. We signed him, which I thought was a huge deal. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> I'm still struggling. And by the way, if you heard me on Jeff Joniak's show, uh, the struggle is real. Um, but in any event, they also signed Riley Reef. Mm -hmm. I mean, already those are two huge signings. Like this is, this is pretty significant. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I also want to give a shout out then to Michael Schofield too. He's an Orland park guy. He's from Chicago. So <laughs> from outside Chicago. So like, not only is he the, got the character of the Chicago land area, all the other stuff. And I think we should also refer to him as Kendall Coyne's husband because Kendall oh, Coyne. Yeah. He's married to Kendall Coyne, now Schofield, Kendall Coyne Schofield, but she has done so much in the in the 
way of women's hockey in this entire country, but especially here in the city of Chicago. She's very, you know, involved with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. She's mm -hmm. an Olympic gold medalist. Like she is a big effing deal. And so now we really, the Bears signed Kendall Coyne's husband is how I want to refer to Michael Schofield, even though he is a quality starter and has been. He, wow. he started 12 of 15 games with the Chargers last year. That was yeah. his second stint with the team, which I also think speaks volumes of him because obviously the Chargers wanted to, you know, bring him back after kind of a forgettable year in Carolina, which, yeah. you know, speaking of just really Man. like in flux situations. Um, and then you've got Riley Reef now too, who's another veteran. And I know uh, Eberflus said today, we have to wait till tomorrow to figure out what side of the line he's going to be on. I love that. Um, but like, I don't know if you have an opinion because if you do get it in now, because I have a whole rant ready to go. And most of it actually has to do with Tevin Jenkins because of these signings. So Speak now if ever hold your peace because I've got some things what? to say. Say it. What are you talking about? Don't you don't need you don't need permission from me. Don't hold back. Don't don't tease a rant. What is going on? What is okay? Go. All right. Well, so here's the thing. So I'm, gonna, like, I'm gonna sit also, back. Hold on. Let me just sit back. Also, I've gotten a lot of feedback when I was signing on to the show. People were like, oh, maybe you can keep Adam in check. And I was like, oh, sweethearts. No, you don't no, know no. Me. no. No, no, you don't know how this is going to work. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm only going to egg you on and I'm only going to bring all my own rants to the show because here's the thing. You got Riley Reef, right? And he is approaching 34 years old. So he's a bridge. He's a bridge tackle. And if he's not on the left side of this line, I'm going to have issues. He has been a left tackle most of his career. You talk about the year he had in Cincinnati last year. He gave up four sacks. Yeah, that's because they moved him to right tackle. And yeah. I have talked to so many offensive line about offensive linemen about this. It is literally, it's not easy to switch sides of the line. It is literally like trying to write left-handed when you are right-handed because all of that muscle memory that you've built up, if you've been on one side of the line, most of your career now starts to work against you. And it's insane to me that we're so cavalier about this. Like, Oh yeah, he could switch sides. No, it's hard. So we can't judge Riley Reeve off of, his year in Cincinnati. That being said, you can't count on Riley Reef to be here long-term, just given his age, unless he's the next Andrew Whitworth. And therefore, I need him on the left side of that line, protecting Justin Fields' blind side, because that's exactly what he knows how to do. That being said, Tevin Jenkins, if you think he is the left tackle of the future for this franchise, I better not see him on the right side for exactly the reasons I just said. I don't want him to have to, of, of, like all the changes he's already had to endure throughout his career, I'm not letting him totally off the hook, but like you, you want to set him up for success too. You want to set your offensive line up for success because that ultimately sets Justin Fields up for success. And if these guys thrive on continuity. So if you move him to right tackle and you think he's best suited at right tackle, then by all means, he fills that right tackle role. You've got your starting five. But if you want him to play left tackle, ultimately, you sit him behind Riley Reef and you let him stay there this entire year and you figure it out on right tackle. I don't want to see you trying to switch around Tevin Jenkins because you are never going to find out what kind of player he is unless you keep him in a consistent role where he can learn and develop because these guys are never given enough time. There. I said it. I love it. I love, I love everything about that. I mean, when you're saying this, I'm also thinking about Kyle Long and even Cody Whitehair and a lot of these guys who've been bounced around. And one of the things that I really love about all these moves, by the way, I did not make that. This is where my brain goes is I didn't make the Schofield connection to the hockey. Cause now that I, now that you mentioned it, I'm like, Oh, of course. Like I never, okay. Now it all makes sense. I actually I, sat course, at a wedding with both of them uh, in 2020. One of my good friends played hockey with Kendall and oh, nice. they were put at my table uh, because of the NFL connection and everything like that. And they are wonderful people. So I just wanted to shout out. The, I have no doubt. <laughs> well, when Justin, when Justin Jones welcomed him, like that is a key thing for me that I pay attention yeah. to. It's like former teammate. Like if he wouldn't have said anything, like, and I, I pay attention to this probably way too much. It's like, if he was like, didn't say a word, you'd be like, okay, this, this is not going to like, there's something, something's up here, but he was very welcoming. Like, Hey, good to see you. But oh, okay, cool. I'm into this. So, um, so I love it. And I love what you're talking about. Like Tevin Jenkins, we're going to have him for a long time and he just needs to play where he's going to be best suited. And I agree with you too often within this organization over the last number of years that we've had to do so much patchwork that we've had to move people around and we haven't put people in the right spot. And I think it's cost some people. I think it costs Leno. I think it costs Daniels. 
probably yes. some productivity and why we eventually had to get rid of them of no fault to their own. And I think that if we do project Kevin Jenkins to be the left tackle of the future, then as you said, like let him play left tackle. And for once, it's kind of nice going into an off season or excuse me, going into a training camp where you're like, oh, we have some maneuverability. Like we, yes. we're not, no, like it's not a detriment because before, and it's, you know, during the John Fox era, during any, the, any recent era, if one of our offensive linemen got hurt, we were done. It's over. Like we, we were at a zero, we were at a zero, like no depth, no net, no nothing. One, at least one guy playing out of position with, yeah, and man. if anybody gets hurt, we're screwed type of thing where we're bringing in you know, free agents. We're bringing in Sutton from Green Bay. I thought that wasn't a bad pickup. That was a decent no. player. But like, you know, and so now we have some maneuverability. Like, like you brought in like two guys who are now kind of expected to start. That is significant, especially when you have some young guys. Kevin Jenkins probably robbed of his rookie season because of his injuries. Larry Borum is going to need a little bit of time to develop. And then, of course, you have uh, the kid from San Diego State that we all love. Braxton Jones, yeah. Yeah, Braxton Jones. And so it's it's good. This is a good this is a good situation to be in. And I don't think that we're – we don't look like the 2020 Colts up front, but we look a lot better than we did a week ago. We look a lot better than we did two days ago. Right. You is- now – you conceivably for that right tackle spot now, you have three guys. If you're including Tevin Jenkins because you're, you're thinking that maybe he's a right, he's a right tackle – you got Larry Borum, Tevin Jenkins, you got Braxton Jones. You've got a really good, healthy kind of competition for that last spot. And you've got the rest of the line solidified. But like you said, I mean, I think that's commonplace really across the league where well, you might carry nine offensive linemen, but like you're putting guys out of position. I remember, you know, last year when Ali Marpet went down for the Buccaneers, they or maybe it was two years ago, but either way, it yeah. took two or three games to figure out how exactly it wasn't a plug and play type thing. It was they what they ultimately landed on. It was two years ago. What they ultimately landed on was having to move Jensen mm-hmm. from center to guard and then put in the backup center, which at the time was AQ Shipley. So this is back in 2020. Yeah. And it took three games to figure that out, though. And this was one of the best offensive lines in football. So like just the nuances and like I've spent my entire summer again with offensive linemen. The nuances of each individual position on the line cannot be taken for granted. And I feel like all too often we do that, but I'm really encouraged by the fact that Ryan Poles, again, would know what he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the offensive line. And for such a pivotal, pivotal unit, uh, I trust him with it. And I think that these last 24 hours are proof that the trust is justified. 100%. And what, and what you're talking about with organizations carrying nine offensive linemen, Good organizations do this, and this is not this. So this is this is why it's probably not like Bears fans aren't accustomed to this. Like this is this is probably going to be the status quo. And you think about this, like we started off with, and I don't want to. There's a lot of talent. There's more talent on this roster than people are giving it credit for. But when people talk, and you, we watch the shows during the summer, where everybody's like, "Well, this is the worst organization in the league. This is the worst roster in the league." Which okay, that's that's fine. But now all of a sudden, what he's made work out of what he's been dealt with. Yeah. Imagine what it's going to look like three years from now. Right. Well, imagine what it'll look like next year. I mean, there is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to be excited about. I think Ryan Poles is now already starting to flex. Him and Ian Cunningham starting to show off a little bit. And it's a welcome encouragement and it's a welcome development. And by the way, I do want to remind everybody that you can – Listen to the Sick Podcast on AM 1530, the Chicago home for the Sick Podcast. And, of course, I will be in Chicago on August 2nd. Uh, we'll be doing the uh, we'll be doing hits on the in, inside training camp for the NFL Network on August 3rd. But I'll be there for two nights. I'll be bumping around. I'll be having some tavern pizza. We'll be doing this show in from Chicago next week, so it'll be a lot of fun. And also, when you're, when you're tuning in to AM 1530, WCKG, Right after us on Friday afternoons, we come at you at two o'clock, three o'clock. It's Olin Cruz, Jason McKee. So two hours of quality Bears talk. And so we love what Ryan Poles has done and we applaud him for that. Not everything, not, not everything's perfect, but not I all think sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> well, listen, Roquan Smith, I tweeted this yeah. out the other day and this is, this is me trying to be hip and trying to be like, cool. Like, hey, listen, it's not my money. 
But Roquan Smith should go get that bag. bag. Yep, I put the bag emoji. That's what I do. I'm so – listen, I'm clever. You're so hip. You're so hip, Adam. Our 22-year-old social media manager was like, well done. I'm like, I don't like repeating words anyway, so I had to figure out a different way. I was going to say cash, but I'm like, no, put the bag emoji. Put the bag. Throw the bag at him. Throw the bag at him. Throw the bag at him. But uh, what do you think? Throw the bag at him. But, but, I, okay, 100%. <laughs> I think that Rokon needs to be paid whatever he's going to be paid. I know that we had um, – I was going back and forth with one of the Jets tweeters about how much money Riley Reef was making. Because yeah. I went – I was looking up – because I was curious how other teams felt about this, and I found, like, the Jet the jet Trader, I think it was, or something like that. Jet – the Jet – whatever it was. <laughs> On, on June 9th was like, we need to bring in Riley Reef, And then he was like, oh, the Bears paid a lot of money. And I'm like, hey, pal, how you doing? I thought you said this is a guy. And then, you know, he kind of backtracked. I kind of let him off the hook. Okay, listen, we paid a lot of money. You know what? We had a lot of money to spend. And it's not my cash, so I don't care. I'll give Riley Reef whatever he wants, as long as we're still within the, the salary cap. When it comes to Roquan Smith, I got to say, whatever he wants, I think we're both in agreement there. How significant is it, though, that he's there? Like, he, he might not be signed. He might not be happy. But he's there. That's got to be good, right? I mean, it's good. I, I don't want to necessarily give him total credit just because, you know, he does get fined if he's not there. Uh, I believe it's $40,000 if you're on your rookie contract a day that you missed. Mm -hmm. um so like you know you you probably don't want to come out of pocket for that but at the same time i mean when those uniforms were released they used roquan smith as the player to model them and roquan posted on his own instagram and said (laughs) when it comes time 58's gonna be there and so like and and for everybody saying that came out you know before all of this news of him holding out comes out well yeah he knew what he was getting paid he knew what he was getting into right like this has been an ongoing i'm sure contract situation for him what's interesting to me though is he doesn't have an agent or at least we're not aware that he if he has an agent or not um i was reading some of the reporting that courtney cronin did for espn um and so that's a little bit interesting because you know you want to like he, you want to believe the best in that, like, obviously he has his best interest at my, in mind, and that's why he doesn't have an agent. But at the same time, he might not know exactly what a, like, a legitimate contract looks like or all that other stuff. Because the way that Rappaport kind of phrased it was that, oh, the Bears haven't brought him a deal that he would even consider signing. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, how are the sides this far off? So that's a little concerning to me. But at the same time, he's there. He wants to get a deal done. Um, it seems like anyway, and like, he's just, he's such a defensive cornerstone and all the other guys, I think I saw Jalen Johnson come out and talk about how, you know, they know what Roquan means to this defense and Roquan knows what he means to this defense. So he's building something in Chicago and I don't think that he wants to give that up either. So he held out in 2018 when he was a rookie too. Right. So like it all worked out then. So it'll all work out again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I go back to it as well. It's like, you know, a lot of times during training camp, it's a it's a huge hold your breath sort of situation where it's like, all right, just just go out there and do it. Just don't get hurt. Like, whatever. Like, right. I, you're not practicing. I'm like, I don't really care all that much. But, uh, you know, he's there. I know he's probably there, so he doesn't get fined. Uh, I don't care what his motivation is. He could still – I mean, most of these guys realize, too, like, those fines, like, that, that goes away. Like, when you sign your deal eventually, like, you're going to yeah. cover this, right? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. I feel like he wants to be there. I think that again, you know, if if Brisker was holding out, if we didn't, if we hadn't signed Schofield and Reef, perhaps I would be a little bit more concerned. But now I just look at it like oh, this is, is going to get handled. Like, oh, okay, you got it. Like, yeah, yeah, Ryan Poles has earned some trust at this point. Like he's earned some trust, and so let's let's trust him. Like this, this honestly feels like a bad time for the haters. Like I, I feel sorry for them. Like <laughs> haters in shambles to bring another hip. It is. It is. It's so true. Like how upset are they? Because this, I, I was already because uh, when when the when the uniforms got released, you know, like I'm catching strays on Instagram on things I'm not even commenting on. Like oh, love to see rank defend this. And I'm like, first of all, orange is sort of, I didn't get your opinion on the orange, 
by the way. I want to. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Okay. I think I might love the helmet a little bit. I said this on Twitter, actually. I'm like, I think I might love the helmet a little bit more if it was with a Navy jersey. But yeah. my whole thing was I was never going to be happy with an alternate helmet unless they put the bear logo on it. Yeah. The bear yeah, logo yeah. is so cool. And it's a legitimate alternate logo. So, yeah. like, put the alternate logo on the alternate helmet. That's true. Okay, everybody. Yeah, Brandon Wolf said that. I know a number of people on Twitter have said that. And by the way, I know uh, I was thankful to see some people. It also made the Michael Schofield connection too. I wasn't like the. I'm sorry if you if you if you're a smaller account and I missed it. I know that I wasn't the first or whatever. But I do notice like everybody bringing up the the alternate logo, the one that Bayless Jones tried to draw. You know what? I'm with you. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I can agree. I just. I don't want to slam the team. I don't like going in and being like, because no. the poor kids that the poor kids that run the social media department, like they're not the ones making that decision. Absolutely not. When I get to Chicago, like this is this is going to be some of the stuff I'm going to be bringing up. Let me be the liaison and be like, you guys, like we got to do the logo next year. I think that it's going to be one of those things that they're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like why don't we do it? Like everything that they do, like everything that's been happening over the last month, a couple of months has been like, oh, this it feels it feels like a real organization. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> it just it's just like, oh, there's a lot of things. And it it also like and it reminds me a lot of what happened when the Rams moved out here and they kind of weathered that first season with Jeff Fisher. They're like, we just need him here because he's he's moved the team before. He's not he's not seriously our coach. Like don't worry about this. And watching the way the Rams developed everything and the way that they've progressed with everything that they've done. I get a lot. I get a lot of a, a similar vibe to what's happening with Chicago right now. So much so that uh, Lori Lightfoot, God bless her. God, listen, she's a politician. She's got it. She loves the Bears. She wants them to stay in Chicago. I don't blame her. Yeah. Number one, you you can't build on the on the lakefront. I'm sorry, that's that's impossible. Like, there's there's no, you just can't do it. Like that's sorry. Like I would in a perfect it's world, Lori. Cool location, and especially what? if you were to dome it, like that yeah. was. Uh... I've got, well, no, I, what, think we, I think we're on opposite sides on this because I want to stay. No, but she, the stage she, is over there. They're just over there. She took a, she took a photo. She took like a picture of the Ram stadium of SoFi and then just put like the Chicago backdrop on it. Like, look, this is what I'm like. Okay. Yes. 20 years ago, this would have made sense. I love, you cannot build on the shorefront. That is there. That is environmentally protected. You can't build there. I'm sorry. Well, they're going I'm like, so uh, sorry. they're not going. It has to be the bears have to own it and they have to be able to make the revenue. And it's just, it's, a, it's the way it goes now. I'm sorry. There's Georgia. plenty of teams that don't own their stadiums though. I mean, the Bucks don't, they pay like little rent because they're responsible for all the renovations there, but it's owned by the Tampa sports authority. Uh, so like you, you can work out these deals where you don't necessarily own it, but you're not really renting either. And you're responsible and you have autonomy over the stadium. That's there's a happy medium there. I don't know. Like if they were able to kind of one thing I didn't see in those plans as cool as they are, and as much as I would love that to happen, the one thing I didn't see in those plans was any sort of infrastructure, like mention of infrastructure and how yeah. like social or social soldier field is not easy to get to if you're coming from the suburbs. Um, there's not a like there's plenty of stadiums that are in cities have train lines that run. Right how is it not? I don't know. Every time like, I landed, every time I landed O'Hare, I always take the red line to downtown. You know why? Because I can. It's not something it's we have in Southern California. I'm like, this isn't bad. It's no, it's I I don't even have a car in the city because I just take public transportation everywhere and it's great. But yeah. somehow the red line stops short of Soldier Field, which doesn't make a lot of sense since you have to walk and all the other stuff. You can um, also getting out of Soldier Field even on foot is really, really hard. Uh, yeah. No matter what the event is, I saw Beyonce and Jay Z's uh, on the run tour there like a few years ago, and just getting out of there. The weekend was here last weekend, and the weekend's like one of my favorite artists, but he was playing Soldier Field, and I was just like, ah. Can't do it. I don't really want to go and then have to try and get out of there because it's really hard, even on foot. So, like, there was no mention of like more pedestrian mm -hmm. walkways or any sort of like in like another train line stop or like you know building out. I'm like, if there was that, I want that. I want that because I do. I would love them to stay in the city. That's just such a Man. cool location. I know it is. It would Listen be. Um, and then, could you imagine like opening it up to like the Chicago hosting a Super Bowl if you dome that thing? Like, God, we would be the best host city in the whole world. It would yeah. be awesome. Well, you know, happen. that's what's going to happen. When they build it in yeah. Arlington Heights, they're yeah. gonna the game will be played. The game will be played in Arlington Heights. 
everything about Super Bowl, Super Bowl Boulevard, and all that we'll stuff be, will yeah, be down. We'll be. It'll all be yeah, down. Yeah, like when they did the draft here. The draft was really cool here. So yes. they did it multiple years here because it was so cool. It was so awesome. They finally got it right the second time. The first time was cool, but not as cool as it could have been, and not as cool as yeah, it no, the second time they got it right uh, ultimately. But you know what? We do have some questions. This is this was like a show that we didn't have to uh, bring in a lot of questions, but I knew that we're going to. So let's. Uh, oh my gosh, the funk bringer. Sorry, do we have an old line, Adam? Yes. Yeah. First of all, yes. Like this is a legitimate offensive line, and this is an offensive line that first of all. Uh, we've got competent coaching, so that's going to help. Number one, we don't need to be the best offensive line. Okay. Like we would love for it to be. And I think that, you know, when we look back in a couple of years, you know, we'll see some of the building blocks were, were established this year, but I think that we have a, a line to the point of like, I don't think it's a huge detriment anymore. Would you agree and with that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that like what we what the Bears paid Riley Reef like what you can't put a price on a left tackle again because I'm assuming he's going to be at that left tackle spot. Like you can't put a price on that because he's the one that's going to make sure that Justin Fields doesn't get killed. And that's like the one thing that you need this season is to make sure that Justin Fields continues to develop and doesn't get hurt. Um, but that being said, I mean, also, it sounds like a lot of a lot of this offense is going to help the offensive line, too. You bring in more play action, you bring in more RPOs that delays the pressure that keeps, you know, the offensive line a little bit more upright and gives them a little bit more time um, and, and isn't as strenuous on them if you can indeed kind of, you know, implement that kind of offense. Uh, so, and then again, having a really solid run game behind that offensive line, that's going to be huge. And again, like if you can get all those pieces kind of working together, you're going to have a legitimate offense and you're also really going to get to see what Justin Fields does well. And that is being the mobile quarterback, the dual threat quarterback, making those decisions to either take, you know, take off with his legs and, and use them because he's got him or, you know, he's now got a few more weapons to go with. And especially like in the short and intermediate um, you know, kind of routes and stuff like that. He's really going to need a lot more help there. And, and that's the only, and, but I think David Montgomery is just one of those wonderful hybrid backs, which we've talked at length about yeah. and how wonderful that would be for fantasy. Hint, hint. It's going to be amazing. Oh no, it's going to be awesome for <laughs> fantasy. I will also say this too. When you look at his statistics from last year, he gave up four sacks, but as you said, switching positions. Yeah. One of the things that was the most significant to me is that he only had one penalty called against yes. him for somebody who had to switch yes. for somebody yeah. who had to switch positions. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it too, is like when you were talking about switching from the left side to right side, it always reminds me of like when you see Rory McElroy hitting a golf club left-handed and like he can do it yeah. and he, he, he has a nice swing left-handed, but you're like, it's still not, it's still it's not, not him. It's not his right. It's not his normal swing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Like I've just, Again, I've had so many conversations with so many offensive linemen about this because it just boggles my mind that this is the expectation that they can just do this. And they're like, yeah, imagine like you set yourself, you have a feel for one side and you, you've got one foot in front of the other. Like you're literally leading with whatever side that you're on and you develop a muscle memory so that your fundamentals are stuff that you don't have to think about. You can go on autopilot and then that's kind of what brings out your elite play is when you don't have to think about the fundamentals, then you can start doing all the change up and all the technique and all that other stuff. Um, if you don't have that fundamental autopilot, which is what happens when you switch, like that just, it, it regresses you to just like, it's such an incredible degree. And I just don't understand why we're so cavalier about that. I really just don't think that most of the league, even the personnel understands the nuances of each position of the offensive line, but I'm an offensive well, our, lineman at heart. So. Well, let me tell you, our uh, our general manager played offensive line, and hey, I think also, did he? right. So I think that's going to be a thing. Also, uh, too many people played Madden growing up. You're like, dad, oh, yeah. like whatever. Like, I'll just put Strahan on the offensive line. I which I did one time when I was playing Madden years ago. <laughs> I had Strahan on my team. I'm like, what happens if I put him at guard? Like, what he should be good, right? He knows what he's doing. Sure, uh, sure. So I was a little kid. Forgive me. Uh, let's have a, how about another question there, Sammy? Uh, rate Ryan pulls over the last few days. Like Tony, this is amazing. Like this again. And I think I, I got off track a moment ago when I was starting to lead into this, when we were talking about the haters who were, everybody was coming out. Like they were going to, we were going to get roasted for our uniforms, for our offensive line, for everything. Like they're scrambling. 
they are scrambling so hard, like trying to find things to even be upset about. I think eventually they'll go back to our receiving core, which, by the way, if I can say something for uh, to, 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 to Dave Kluge, who I believe has been on this show, who posts the Mr. He posts the Mr. Perfect, the, the meme of Mr. Perfect throwing himself the ball with Steve Jordan looking on, who, by the way, is Cam Jordan's dad. Amazing. I'm like, and I got mad at him, legitimately. Like, he thinks I'm kidding. I'm like, I'm legitimately mad because, number one, that's disrespectful to Darnell Mooney. And, number two, that makes more sense if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers because he has nobody. The one guy that they brought in is already on the pup list. And you're expecting Alan Lazard. Like, and I had, we had Annie Ager on the show Thursday, and I, I did not let her off the hook. Like, I love her. Like, she's great. And I understand I a lot of you are like, I'm not listening to this Packers fan. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I did not let her off the hook because she tried to she tried to talk about our receiving court. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, I know. No, no, no. No, no, no. Darnell Mooney would be, of, of all the receivers in Green Bay and Chicago right now, Darnell Mooney is number one. And I, listen, I would, I would even, I would take Pringle over Lazard. Right now, if I had to, I think I, he's going to surprise some people, honestly. 100%. And I think that Ryan Poles wouldn't have taken him with him from Kansas City if he didn't think the same. So, like, yeah, I, I just give give Ryan Pringle a little bit more of a chance here. Yeah, I uh, and I, yeah, I'm into it. And of course, everybody knows how I feel about Bayless Jones, but I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not going to start making declarations outside of having fun on TikTok and everything. And I'm sure I'll run into him next week and we'll we'll have a laugh, but. Yeah, so I, I think the haters, you know, and you look at everything that Ryan Poles has done, and Tony, I think it goes back to the point of, like, I now don't worry. Like, Bobby Quinn's back, too. Like, Bobby Quinn yeah. showed up. Like, oh, my God. Like, well, this is it, – good like things are happening. The, yeah, everything that – yeah, I mean, I'm going to give Ryan Poles probably an eight and a half. Oh, my God. Half. Yeah. Doing yeah. really well. Yeah, right yeah. now, this is, this is all – it's all coming along. And, you know – you start to think of a, a lot of things that have been happening and you think about bringing in Trevor Simeon and just little things like that. You're like, okay. 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 Yeah. Our Northwestern friend. So that's, okay. uh, that's all good. All right. Do we have another question there, Sammy? I'm sure that we do. Uh, Andrew wants to know, hypothetically speaking, if a deal wasn't settled with Roquan Smith, can the defense still perform at a top level or is that a piece the Chicago D needs to be successful? I will say uh, we need him. I, I know that Eberflus has done a nice job of, you know, turning good defenses, no-name defenses. But even though that Shaquille Leonard – I did it. Good I job. did it, Shaquille. Good job. Yes. I did it, Shaq. I got you. Shaq Leonard. I, uh, Shaquille Shaq Leonard. Leonard. You know, he was Formally a good known player. Formerly Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. For anybody who's confused. He is a good – like, even though he was a second-round pick, he is a good player. So it's not it's not fair to be like – Eberflus made this guy. Not enough. Like no. he helped, but That's still, great, yeah. I would say this though is like, yeah, we, 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 as much as we love Matt Eberflus and how well he works with town, we still want our best guys. I think that goes without saying, like we need to get this deal done. Like this is not right. a, this is not an either. No, he needs to be here. Well, and like I've said all along, the bears are switching to a four, three defense. Yes. Um, and in that middle level, I've said it all along. I don't know what you're talking about. 100%. Um, We've been on board with this. The whole time. I had a fever dream. I, I was, I was sweating. And by the way, I'm sitting there last week. I'm wearing a, a Johnny Knox Jersey. Why I decided to do that with a fever. I'll have no idea. But like we said all along, the switch to the four, three, Roquan it, is the key to this. But he is like that the middle level of that defense. I mean, and granted, listen, also in watching the Bears last season, I went back and I watched a bunch of their tape this last week. Um, they're like defenses are more multiple than ever before. Yeah. Like, even if you are a base three four, you're you're sticking in a four down front most of the time because it's that four down flex front that allows you to have five DBs in the back. Um, so it all kind of looks the same. The Bears spent a lot of time in a four down front already, but that being said in a true four, three defense, like your middle linebackers are so important. And Roquan Smith being at that middle level is just in captaining this defense is just something that needs to happen. And so I think that they would crumble without him. So they need yeah. him very much. And so. we did. And I think they've done a nice job. They, they brought in some guys who can play yeah. and we haven't really seen enough of them. So for me to come yeah. out here and have an educated 
nuanced take about whether who's going to step in or who would, who would be able to do that. We haven't done it because like yeah. they haven't needed to. So I, I'm confident, like I'm confident in the team and I'm, this is why I'm really anxious to get out there and really take a look at it. But it's like, yeah, yeah okay, but we still want our best player there. Like that's, yeah. that just goes without saying like, I, yeah. there's no, even for me, the guy who spins everything, like I would not be able to spin that. Like there's no, there's no, coming back from that. there's no. no like, Hey, Derek Lassiter, could be as good as Emmett Smith type of thing. Um, Derek Lassick, who was it? I just remember you're, there was a back when people used to hold out all the time. There was a Cowboys running back when I was oh, in high. No, I know I was in high school. It was one of my it was one of my first fantasy leagues. We were in high school and like whatever. I took the guy who was starting for Emmett Smith. I'm like, oh, this guy. Never mind. You need your best players. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, let's. How about another question? Let's get off it. Any thoughts on the distance? Okay, you know what? Let's talk about it. Now that somebody asked, I got to be perfectly honest with you. Is uh, First of all, Renee Pequette, the wife of John Moxley, tweeted out today. I should have sent this to you, Sammy. Her husband, if you're not familiar, is a professional wrestler who wears a, a white ribbed tank top, commonly known as an A shirt. I'm not calling it by the other name. Uh, okay. The A shirt with jeans. And she's like, hey, I love guys in these white tank tops and jeans. And I thought she was going to be very, very uh, positive about Aaron Rodgers. No, she went the other way. She's oh. like, this is not it. And I'm like, yes, Renee is the best. Oh, Renee Young, she used to work for the WWE. Um, so I was very pleased with her and her assessment there. I saw this, and it's, you know, we're sitting here. Poor Kyler Murray is rightfully so being, you know, Taken through the mud because because they had to write in into his contract like you have to study like you have right. to you have to watch football. Couldn't be the Bears having to worry about their quarterback watching film. Not and us. Could not be us. Here's the thing though, and I know that I come off like a hater a lot of times, but this is my show and the, or this is our show. Excuse me. Um, if if Aaron Rod like does Aaron Rodgers not remember how the season ended last year? Like this stuff is cute. Like it's adorable. Like I think it's 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 so precious. But it's bro, very on brand. It like, is on brand. He's, but he's it's said like, it before. Like he is the Nick Cage of quarterbacks. Like there's nothing. Like you are. Like you've I, you are going to marry Lisa Marie Presley at some point. Like what? Yeah. Where is she? How have they not hooked up yet? Like it is. It is fascinating how this person mm-hmm. has gone from. And this is maybe we. This is the thing. Like. Blame McAfee, but it's like we we have too much access to you. Like we hang out with you right. too much now. Like you were we know too much about you, bro. We didn't need to like know. You were you were one of those coworkers who worked remotely that we would see once in a while, and yeah. you'd be like, that guy's fun. And then eventually he had to come work in the office. He's there every day, and you're like, This guy sucks. Yeah. Like, what is what is happening? And it's like you were so fortunate that you were so good at football because nobody would put up with this stuff. No. And I know that, and you, the Packers are out there posting it. Like they're so clever. It's like, you guys, like. Also, I like don't... my first, my first thought about all of it, like, isn't Connor kind of the poor man's Top Gun anyway? Like, yeah. like all the Top Gun stuff happened before. It's like, I don't know this. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, you're. This is just so like, dude. You're trying to be cool, but Top Gun was the thing, not Conair. You missed. Here's here's the the mark, and you you, you missed it. It's Conair. Like, listen, I I love Conair as much as the next person. Uh, I'm more of a I'm more of a rock guy, but I love oh, Conair. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean I it's, love, it's a fine. It's a good movie. It's a good <laughs> film. I I enjoy that picture, John Cusack, of course, and uh, you know a lot of good things. Although they always get the the demographic of the uh, the strip incorrect. Like the Hard Rock's not anywhere near. Oh the yeah, that's true. Yep. That's stuff. Dry. Although. Now that now that the mirage is becoming the hard rock, you're like, oh, this will now now Con Air makes sense. Um, I don't like the it. It doesn't do well. The other thing too is like the day that Aaron Rodgers shows up like this, Tom Brady launches his swim line, and he there he is looking all tanned and wonderful, and looks like Roger Moore in a 007 movie coming out of the pool. And so you just like you look at Tom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's. It's incredible. I'll take 007 all day. Sorry. And you think it's funny. Like you, 
You get like no names to come play with you. Julio Jones just signed with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has that kind of cachet, like it or cash or whatever it is. Like there is something about Tom Brady where it's like, yeah, you could do whatever. Like you won seven Super Bowls. And by the way, I want to, I know this isn't, you know, I know Aaron Nagler talks about this all the time. And he's, he's, which of course Packer fans would because they lose every year in the playoffs where like wins are not a quarterback stat. Like, first of all, um, Aaron Rodgers was outscored by the 49ers special teams last year. That is definitely, that wasn't the defense's fault last year. That you can't look at the defense and be like, where was the help that I deserve? Like Josh Allen can be like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. Like where, where were you guys? Aaron Rodgers does not have that. And how is, how are quarterback wins any less legitimate than a baseball pitcher getting a win? Because especially now there's only one pitcher in the major leagues who hits, who's responsible for his own offense, Shohei Otani. The rest of them don't hit. Like Garrett Cole could go out there and give up one run and lose. Like how is that? A, how is that a stat? How are wins a pitching stat, but not a quarterback stat? So I believe. Be I think we differ a little bit here though, oh. because there's there's ten other guys on the offensive field with you as a quarterback, and like like you got to make sure that your receivers don't drop stuff. Like you could have the ball right on target, but if your receivers don't catch anything, then like you've you've not seen Joe Adele in left field behind Shohei Otani. Like he's, he does not catch the ball. He does not catch it. I do, but I just feel like baseball pitchers have a little bit more control or autonomy over the game than quarterbacks do. They have less. And there's also, there's a guy standing behind them judging. Imagine if there was a if the referee was deciding whether like no oh, no that doesn't count or whatever because you got you're at the you're at the you're at the the, the wings of parameters a, there are there are there are set parameters there's a batter's box like come on neither how about this neither one of them's fair like I I get it like you can be a hard luck pitcher you can be a hard luck quarterback but like ultimately after thirty years like you can be like you know you you probably should have won more no I mean what? I think like when you look at especially Tom Brady, when you see like all of the come from behind wins and like the, the comebacks that he's engineered, then that's when you can kind of start talking about the fact, okay, yeah, that was a Tom Brady win. Uh, But I don't think that that's uniform. So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into quarterback wins. I actually did one of the, she's a 10, but she thinks (laughs) wins are quarterbacks. Never mind. That's (laughs) right. I was about to get into it too. I'm like, no, this is the thing. Like I, cause I'm always, Listen, and also, if there if there's any sort of theory that's going to make the Packers look bad, of course I'm. Yeah, I mean it. that's I, like I want to jump on that with you for sure. Like, I don't me. want Aaron Rodgers to have any wins under his. That's house. that's why Just I feel like. That's why I feel like it's unfair to judge Jay Cutler because wins are not a quarterback statistic. So it's not on Jay. None of that was Jay Cutler's fault. See, I could easily just spin that. There you go. You know, See, that's the that thing. Wins are not a quarterback stat. So wait, Aaron. Wins are not a quarterback stat, so leave for Jay alone. Um, anyway, there's got to be more questions. Sorry, Sammy. This she's not she's not keeping me. She's not I'm keeping not. me in line. Everybody. Sorry. Uh, Fox finished five and eleven. The Nagy went twelve and four as a clown coach. <laughs> Nagy finished six and eleven. Why is the national media written off the Bears? Is twelve and four possible? And plug your channel. <laughs> Berlissimo, by the way, if you're not following Berlissimo, uh, by He's the way, I, I don't know if I retweeted your thing. Oh, gosh, I forgot. I don't even retweet my own show. Sammy's probably blown up my phone by now being like, hey, tweet out that you're online. Um, oh, okay. we're live. After we're 48 live. minutes. <laughs> we're live, Rank. We're live. Listen, we got a, we got a huge audience that comes in after the fact. And they uh, they're clear around. But uh, like sorry. No. I... 12 wins. Uh, that's a that's lot. a little rich for me, but I I haven't ruled out a, a winning season. I mean, I think I initially said I got to nine and eight pretty easy, um, yeah. which in the NFC might be enough to make the postseason. Weirdly enough, but like, I, not that that's like my expectation necessarily, but I also don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, you know what? I I look at um, the Eagles last year and what they were able to do. Like nobody looked at the Eagles like a good team. There were times where it seemed like, or it felt like Nick Sirianni, by the way, another Colts guy, that he didn't know what he was doing. Like, I remember that. I, I remember his introductory press conference. I remember the first couple of weeks 
and you're like, oh God, like this guy like might be one and done. But then he he figured it out. He went yeah. heavily. He went heavily towards the run game, yeah. which you know could be a possibility for us. And then oh they yeah, kinda... their first half of the season stats versus the second half of the season stats as far as the run game goes were like night and day. I do remember doing that. I just he, but he was another one that built the offense around Jalen Hurts, yeah. and that takes a while. Like that's not you know very easily done. It's a lot easier to plug and play players into a system that's already established versus you know which I. But the, conversely, I think that building around your personnel is what wins football games these days. Totally. So it just takes a while, and it takes at least half a season. No, for sure. And I, but I think that what we saw last year could be a, a, a very easily, very easily scenario, a very easy scenario to achieve where it's like, oh, yeah, this team performs. They win some games. They probably shouldn't. I love to, like, I don't know why 49er fans always act like they're automatically winning week one. And you're like, you guys barely beat us last season. You had Garoppolo. You're going to Trey Lance, which, by the way, Trey Lance wasn't the guy you wanted to draft. Does everybody know? Does everybody know the story on what what was supposed to happen with the 49ers? What all those picks were actually there for? I think that you should reiterate it. Who those picks were for? What is the rumor? What is the rumor? Like, am I allowed to say? Is it a secret? Like, if I can't say it because the, the statute like, of limitations have to have passed by now, right? Like, isn't it? Forgive me. This is this is a, a random. Especially theory. if you qualify it with a with a rumor, like this yeah. is a rumor. I felt like the 49ers were expecting to trade for a veteran quarterback last year. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I don't know. If there was a, a, a quarterback out there who could have possibly been on the move last year, perhaps going home to the Bay Area, I'm just saying, I think that's what the 49ers <laughs> intended to do. It didn't work out. Um, they drafted Trey Lance, and uh, good luck to him. Okay. A guy who didn't play his final season of Division FBS – Wait, FCS, excuse me. Whatever. He'll he'll crush the Bears. Don't worry about it. They got this. They're good. Uh, well, by the way, follow Berlissimo. Since, you know. There you go. Yeah, he's great. Very interactive. Love very interactive. We love him. What about uh we need we need some more questions, Sammy. Uh, I follow a lot of different Bears pods and cards. Background. Oh, okay, good. I, I didn't know the, the sentence broke. I don't know. Off. Yeah, oh, I didn't know going. Where is this going? Sammy's not going to set us up. That's it. Your That's background true. is pretty dope. I'm glad that you didn't change that. That part of my fever dream, I do remember. Yeah, this is pretty dope. I, just, I had speak? to, I had to finesse the setup a little bit more because um, it's not a natural place in my house to be doing um, a podcast. But that being said, I this I don't have like a back. I don't have anything for my background yet, anyway. So I was like, well, why don't I just let the windows do the work? So um, oh. I think I will. I will keep this because it's just. I get to, you know, wake up to this every day and I pinch myself every time. <laughs> I would make it, I would just make it work no matter what yeah, it is. I like I, I, I know I'm kind of hemmed into my house here, so it's kind of a different, different scenario, but I think it works. So I agree with them. That's a pretty, it's a pretty baller. And for a Bears podcast, it's just perfect. so, yes, it's perfect. Oh, it's absolutely perfect. What about, what else we got, Sammy? Uh, how much are you looking forward to, to Fields versus Lance week one? Love Bears all. Uh, you know, I, again, I think that this is a perfect situation. I know that for the last four years, I've gone into every week one expecting this Bears offense to take off and like, this is it. We're finally going to see it. I don't think that it, I, I was probably misguided by putting all that faith in the Matt Nagy, who is a delightful person. You seem like a nice guy. Person. Like him. Like, I have no ill will towards him, but I just think that maybe. He could have benefited. I think he's just one him. of those guys that's maybe a better coordinator than he is a head coach. There's so much more that comes with being a head coach, and like it literally speaks nothing to your football acumen if you are not super successful as a head coach, but you've been successful as a coordinator because the coordinator is all about football. Yeah. When you become a head coach, you have to juggle a million different things, and that's not for everyone. And I don't think that, you know, I think that Nagy probably catches more flack than he deserves because I do think that he, you know, he spent so much time under Andy Reid. And like, I just think that like he has, he's a brilliant offensive mind. I just don't know that he yeah. was able to, I don't know if I've ever like verbalized any of that. So like, I wanted to make sure like, I'm not trying to trash on Nagy no. all the time because I just, I feel for these guys because I've seen it firsthand how much work that they put in. And it, there's just, there's so much, there's so much BS that goes on when you're a head coach. 
No, it's, and it's true. And it's one of the things that I really wish that first time head coaches would be more mindful of like, maybe I shouldn't call the plays or maybe I shouldn't do this. And that's what I like about Eberflus. You know, an older guy, he's in his 50s, knows, you know, which side of the, you know, he knows he's got a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He's got an offensive coordinator. He's not trying to do too much. I think that if Andy Reid had taken over as head coach of the Bears, like, okay, fine, you can go. It's fine if you call the plays. You've you've been in the league long enough, yeah. Bill Belichick, guys like that, like Sean Payton. You got it. Like, go do what you got to do. I think for these first-year guys, it would really help them out that eventually, you know, and if Matt Nagy had, you know, I, I thought a lot of the stuff that he was doing was pretty cool, that if he had a, a coordinator that, you know, if it, it was successful, five years down the road, you're you get a – offensive coordinator or a head coaching job somewhere else eventually if you're like well then maybe i should call the plays like okay you've been around long enough you know you understand yeah you're taking over the chicago bears as a guy who was a a six-week play call i don't know i just sometimes you gotta listen you go out and you golf you think you can swing from the black tees you can't okay <laughs> just move up hopefully the next time if he gets another opportunity he will be mindful of that and uh yes. but nothing but nothing bad so that being said i'm really looking forward to the 49ers and the and the Bears. I think that Matt Eberflus last season had a great answer for that 49ers offense. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to them getting after Trey Lance. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. It is it is becoming personal with all the guys. Trevor Lawrence, you're fine because you know you were going to be the number one pick no matter what. But the right. rest of them, no, no, no. Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson, like, nope, I will not let that go. I am on you guys forever. I'm on the Carolina Panthers. Although the Panthers and Broncos not taking Justin Fields worked out for us, I'm still upset with them. Yeah. No, I mean, Trey has all of the pressure in the world on him, too. Just, like, not even for, like, playing the Bears, just in general. So, like, he just has, like, he's got all this outside noise and and everything like that, especially with them just announcing the whole, you know, Garoppolo thing, like, putting that whole thing. So now he's got – all eyes are going to be on this kid. And that's a lot of pressure. So, you know, that works in the Bears' favor, I think. Yeah, we'll see. You know, and, and Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of credit for a lot of things. And I, I I think he's a good coach, but it's like, okay. Like, they just assume. Like, everybody, okay, like this guy. It's a very up. kind of cerebral offense, too. Like, as the quarterback, you have to call a lot of shots on that offense. And because there's a lot of motion, there's just a lot of different things that they do with the run game and, like, a lot of decisions that you have to make. And so – I don't know that that's going to come super easy, but I mean, he's been around, he's been a backup for, you know, the backup for a while. So it's not like this is his first year in the system, but still, I I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves, even though, you know, he battled some injuries, obviously, but when he was available, he was a pretty good quarterback, obviously got them to the Super Bowl. All right. How about another question, Sammy? What do we got going on? Bears today in the 82 bears when Dicka took over as the head coach. And you know what? We've mentioned this a lot. I think Berlissimo, the last time that he was on the show, he's made mention of this, especially when you start to look back, not necessarily just at this draft, but last year's draft too, where you started putting together some of the building blocks where you had obviously Justin Fields. If Tevin Jenkins can develop to be the left tackle of the future, that's going to be huge. Um, Thomas Graham was another guy. Gibson was another player, you know, like starting to put the building blocks together that when you start to look at, the drafts over the last couple of years, you're like, okay, like, yeah, this all started to come out, started to be uh, lay a foundation that I, I think we're in a very pretty good spot. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to the 82 Bears team <laughs> when, when Dick took over. But that, that being said, like, I've said it all along in, like, especially when polls took over and just the draft that he had, like, it's very apparent that he is trying to build a foundation for sustained success, not necessarily immediate success, but sustained success. And I think that, you know, too much in this league, we expect immediate returns and polls, even though it's his first time as GM, isn't playing into that. And he's like, I'm not going to sign someone just to sign someone. I'm going to really think this out. And I mean, he's clearly come in clutch. And like I said, has earned some trust here. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's foundational at this point. Um, and it's going to take a little bit more patience on the, on the, you know, on for Bears fans. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think that the payoff will be kind of more two to three years down the road. You're going to start to see a really good cohesive team. So, yeah. I agree with you. By the way, if you've enjoyed the show tonight, if you're ready for the season to, to go, to, to get started, go ahead and comment the word sick 
Uh, put that in the comments right now. Let everybody know that you're enjoying this. This has been a lot of fun. I, I was so excited to come out here today. Normally, like, I have so many notes because it's like, how are we going to stretch this? Like, there we got into some doldrums after a while. But there's a lot of cool things to talk about. I wish I could be here a little bit longer, but I got to go to Sportsnet in Canada. So blame them. Blame blame Tim. Is there a Tim South Park Chris. song, Blame Canada? Blame Canada. <laughs> blame Canada. You know, Sammy's Sammy's Canadian too. Like I think this is all this is all one big this is all one big ruse. Sammy, he was concerned about me last week for about a day. Then he gave up I on think me. We, yeah, we, were, we both were. I know. It's okay. I made it through. I pushed through, and uh, I'm smiling on the other side. So I I love I love the position the Bears are in right now. Like honestly, this is I was I was already two days ago. I was thinking about how are we going to spin this? Like when Brisker. Yeah. And then going into happened. yesterday, I was like, what are we even going to talk about? Like, there's just yeah. nothing has happened. And then all of a sudden, the last 24 hours, things have popped off. And yeah, my like my world view of the Bears has changed for oh, the better. And immensely, immensely. And, and a quick reminder too: Friday afternoon, two o'clock central time, AM 1530 WCKG, the Chicago home of the sick podcast. We will be on from two to three. We'll have Olin Krutz and Jason McKee after us at three to four. Two great hours of Bears talk, and we'll be back with a new uh, Sick Podcast next week. We'll be in Chicago, so we're excited about that. So we thanks to everybody who uh, participated tonight. Follow Berlissimo. Go get him. I'll tweet out. I know there's something. I, I know him another. I owe him another retweet. I owe Sammy a retweet, but he's he's. I've given he's given up on me. I've given up on him. I guess. But anyways. Um, thanks for being here, Carmen. And, uh, thanks and, uh, again, an official welcome aboard. We really do love having you. And, uh, this is going to be a great, this is going to be a great season. It is going to be a great season. I'm so, so happy to be on board. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Sammy. That's all we got. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and play us out and we'll see you on Thursday or Friday or next Tuesday, whatever. Bear down. Let's go. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.